Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. He drives, floats it left side to Donovan. Offense stands still. Bogdanovich comes to get it. Straight away three. Good. Boyan Bogdanovich. 26 for Boyan. That's his fourth three. He's had a three in each quarter. Rubio driving at Conley. Throws a bad pass behind his back. Turnover. Picked up by Gobert. Outlet to Ingles. He finds Donovan for the dunk and retired at 92. Big turnover there by Ricky Rubio. Here comes Booker. Driving. Backpedaling. Gobert. Bounce pass. Stolen by Mitchell. Outlet Bogdanovich. Going to the rim. Fouled and finishes. Boyan Bogdanovich in the open court. Inbound to Donovan in the backcourt. He's got Javon Carter guarding. Five seconds. Donovan driving hard to the basket. Scoops. He's fouled with .4 seconds to play. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up here in a moment, we're going to talk to the one and only Craig Bullerjack. Back from Phoenix Getting ready for a big one tomorrow night, uh, taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. I'd like to apologize to all those that are on season six on Game of Thrones. People not so happy with either one of us, but you mostly. (laughs) I couldn't blame it mostly on me. I tried to give a spoiler alert there. I'm I'm sorry if I mess. It's worth watching regardless. I hope you feel terrible. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, Sprint is the network built for unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the television play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. He is Craig Bowlerjack, or should I say Bojan Bogdanovich. <laughs> Guys, how are you? Bowler, I just saw your commercial, man. That is hilarious. Uh, Bowler yeah, in one of those been- Vivint commercials. Yeah, I, I was shocked when I got a phone call and they said, you want to come be a piece of this crazy idea? And I said, yeah, I looked at the script and I go, man, that is really funny. And uh, so, you know, obviously my script was what, three words? So that that took about, you know, it took quite a while for me to, to get down. But uh, Boyan's brilliant. I thought I, I was when he was doing his lines and cutting the commercial, I was standing off to the side watching. I thought, golly, this guy got this really crazy sense of humor and so did so did mike and but it was fun it was a good time i had a, I had a blast doing it it was funny so it, Bo- really Bo- funny. i haven't seen it yet but i'd lo- i'm looking forward to seeing it how how would you rate your thespian skills uh you know i've never been an actor honestly uh i tried well, I, i'll tell you what i had i think i got asked by a teacher to do uh junior high school uh to do a part in Oh, shoot. Uh, the Sound of Music, Captain Von Trapp. Oh, yeah. Out and blew the whistle <laughs> and had all the kids. <laughs> had all the, and I said, right then and there, I said, no, 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 not for me. But uh, this this is, com- I do comedy. I'd rather do comedy than, you know, drama. Can you sing us a little ladle vice? Or, or, you know? No, I can't do that. No. <laughs> all right. How about this for a little exercise, Gordon? What role would Bowler have been perfect playing? Um,. Can I have fun with it? Yeah, you can uh, go whatever direction you want, but but no bowler is listening, obviously. <laughs> hey bowler, yeah, yeah, come on. I mean, how about okay? Uh, you you be Fred Flintstone and I'll be Barney Fife. <laughs> Isn't it Barney Rubble? 
Uh, Barney. Barney yeah. <laughs> Who's Barney Fife? Wilma! <laughs> yeah. The deputy on Andy Crow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barney Fife. Barney Rubble. I'll be Barney. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be Barney. I love comedy. I love comedy. So, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take, I'd try that role. All right, Buller. So the game last night, um, I, I described it this way to, to Gordon, and he agreed earlier. It, it set basketball back a little bit. It was, <laughs> it was a tad on the ugly side. There were 57 yeah. foul calls. Yeah. But I think the real positive of it is there was a lot that didn't go right for the Jazz, but they were still able to grit out a victory despite not getting anything from Mike Conley and, uh, and turning the ball over so many times. They were still able to figure it out. Yeah, I totally agree. Locker room felt the same way, Jake and Gordon. Uh, you know, it was not. I even tweeted last night. It may take me a day or more to get over that one. It was it was really <laughs> tough. Uh, but 14 lead changes and 10 ties and 23 TOs by the Jazz. And you know what saved them, too, was just really fine free throw shooting. They went to the line 39 times. But, again, that gets you those, those foul shots and the fouls called last night. And how about the two flagrant ones? With a couple of low blows, I mean that that game had a little bit of everything last night: craziness, uh, suspense, uh, frustration, and you know. And but that's that's the way it is in this league. I think it's an early lesson for the Jazz, Jake, as you just said, is that you know even though it wasn't the most beautiful piece of uh, basketball, it still was a, a win. And what happens is it also, I think, should build some confidence with a lot of new faces with a with a team. Uh, that is still trying to find, you know, a cohesive way of playing together. So, yeah, you win ugly, and then you look at each other and say, hey, what if we really played well? You know, what what good things can happen? So the Jazz still haven't been on game. I mean, they, they, they started to show a little life against Sacramento, a little step back last night. In fact, a big step back against Phoenix. But the bottom line is they're 3-1. and one. Uh, And another huge test tomorrow night when uh, Kawhi and the Clippers uh, drop into town. In fact, a heavy dose of the Clippers over the next five days. Uh, this is, you know, this is a challenging stretch. These next five games for the Jazz will pit them against uh, some high-level competition, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll get a better feel. And maybe that game against the Suns helps elevate them uh, as a team to to another level. Bowler, let me push you a little harder on this whole thing with Mike Conley in this respect. What's going on there? Has he been able to explain it, or has anybody else said anything to you that would give some indication of, of why the severe slump? No. Um, you know, and I tell you, there's kind of that unwritten rule just for these first five games. I mean, I, I think when you talk slumps, players look at you with a cross-eyed, but it, it's obviously the conversation will, will come about if it doesn't clear itself up. But, you know, from my chair, my opinion is this, is that, I thought a lot about it. You know, when you fly, we've been flying a lot. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, 12 years in Memphis, uh, the centerpiece of that franchise. And despite a few coaches rolling in and out, the, the system was pretty much the same. The language the same. And, and Mike, you know, controlled it. Uh, he, he knew what to expect. And then you step here. And I'll be honest, I, I think the, the anticipation of – fighting for a Western Conference title and an NBA championship has to be in the back of his mind. He's only human. So a lot of that rides on his shoulders. So what I see also is a guy pressing, and I, I, he doesn't have to. I think he has to understand, and he will. I mean, I, I, he just can't do everything and, and overnight. 
But I think the expectations of the fans, and I'll fall into this category too. I thought with Conley for the moment, he would probably adjust quicker. And I know that Snyder's offense and defense, there's a lot of elements to it, language-wise, and I, I, I believe it's just an, a, you know a, a, a difficult time for him. Um, I can't imagine that overnight he's become a bad player, but the numbers are 20% from the floor and 15% from three. And foul trouble, I thought, was the biggest issue last night with him. No rhythm, never could, and you could just tell frustration set in. But the beauty is Boyan seems to make the transition uh, a little better. He's in a different position on the floor, and Donovan obviously came out with a beautiful drive late and got to the free throw line. But, you know, you got to hope after five, six, or ten games this thing works works itself out. Um, and then, you know, obviously the conversation will probably become more uh, focused and intense, you know, intense if it doesn't. But for now, I think you kind of get a little bit of a pass. But, you know, like you, uh, Gordo and Jake, you know, you hear, and I get asked this everywhere I go, everything good, everything good? You know, you hope so. And I don't, I don't, uh, I think he's happy as can be. And I think the system will ultimately, you know, fit him. But right now, it's just a difficult transition. He is Craig Bowler, Jack, with us uh, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And speaking of Bogdanovich Bowler, um, I'm not surprised that he's shooting the ball well. That was his M.O. coming in. What I didn't understand was how tough he is. He's yeah. a tough player. He plays hard. He plays physical. He rebounds well. He defends well. All that stuff kind of came as a surprise to me. You know, I don't know if Indiana utilized him in all those categories, Jake, you just mentioned. Honestly, I, I was not prepared. Uh, like most, I think even even management in some regards. I mean, I know they obviously they wanted him and he wanted to come here, but his slash ability, his 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 strength, his speed, the ability to go on top of the rim and play and rebound, as you mentioned, nowhere did I have any idea that he was that athletically inclined to do so many different things, uh, and obviously the three ball. Uh, is is just icing on the cake, uh, and the other part of that too is that you just said you saw the ankle, and he wanted to play, and they kept him out. He jumped back in, little tweak last night. He's fine, uh, but yeah, he's tougher than I thought, and he has more uh, he has more weapons than I thought he did offensively, and a, and a really good defender too. Bowler, what else is striking you so far, and what do you expect to stay to stay the same, and what do you expect to change? Well, I think you'll still see, um, you know, interchangeable parts uh, at the, um, the three spot. Look, Royce O'Neal is becoming a terrific defender, but also uh, he, he can knock down the three. And I still think you'll see a rotation when needed with different uh, defensive schemes and matchups with Jeff Green, Joe Ingles. Um, you know, Joe's too good. Uh, to get, you know, three shots or four shots a game. And uh, that's something that I don't know how that will change, but it is the current system. And the offense, as you can tell, a lot of touches to Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell. That's just the way it's going to be, and Joe's going to have to pick his spots. Uh, Moutier, despite some turnover issues, still is an aggressive, powerful player, uh, more than I, I expected, and doesn't hesitate to use his body. Uh, to drive and, and, and get to the rim as well. Um, 
so there's there's a lot of things still in, in you know in progress and um i would think also uh donovan i think is growing by the minute guys from what i see and just talking to him and i think working with popovich this summer uh for team usa uh, i like his spin move i like his strength i think he and he wanted he told me hey i got a sense and i got to make better decisions so far i think he has and i that's if that continues on that's just a huge bonus as this season just begins to unfold Bowler, who is the best basketball player on the planet right now? <laughs> well, we saw LeBron the other night, but uh, age still creeps. I know LeBron fans will say it's LeBron, but you know Kawhi Leonard is uh, is ridiculously good, uh, right and left hand power rebounder shooter. Uh, we'll see him tomorrow night. I would probably have to lean that way at the moment. Uh, Harden has a different style, as we know, and uh, that ability to escape threes. Um, he's a magician, basically, um, getting to the free throw line. I don't know. Westbrook would probably tell you he is, but in reality, probably the most complete player right now is is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, he's got 27 points a game. He's working on the tri- You know, he's eight, eight assists, nearly eight assists a game, and got the guy can rebound. I mean, I would never have thought he would be at this high of level when he played college ball at San Diego State, but uh, obviously well coached in San Antonio, and then that was a weird breakup. Uh, MVP final, uh, you know, uh, champ, and the next thing you know, here he is in L.A. Good coach, by the way, in Doc Rivers, and they seem to have really put together an interesting package around him. And Paul George hasn't even played yet and most likely won't for another two to four weeks. So um, he seems to be the guy right now for me. Any other team out there, Bowler, that's impressing you thus far? I know it's only three games in or so, four games. Well, Denver's undefeated. San Antonio's undefeated. Uh, Denver surprised me last year, Gordon, but still they seem just to have you know, a, a, a group of players quietly doing their business like the Jazz. San Antonio is the same way. A Popovich coach, while he's a Popovich coach team, while he's there, guys, I – I don't expect anything else from San Antonio. They're always going to be in the mix, always. Um, in the East, you know, all eyes still, you know, point to Milwaukee. Uh, Philly, we'll see soon. Um, and then, um, you know, Toronto losing Kawhi and making those changes, that, that was a devastating blow. And then Boston. So, um, yeah, there's a few surprises. But like you said, it's so, it's so early. Uh, it's hard to really get a read. Uh, even for what the Jazz will become, Gordon, and what other teams will become as well. And then, you know, how does the how does the attrition of 82 games affect a lot of teams? I mean, that's that's going to play a factor in the way that this Western Conference is going to turn out. I guarantee you, it's it's a hard night of basketball. And as good as every team is, it's kind of like uh, you just beat up on your brother, right? Uh, you may win one round, lose the next, and it just depends on on a, in, a, in a playoff series. You know who stays the healthiest and who gets the last punch. I know that's kind of an odd way, but I, that's my belief of what I've seen so far. And I think this, like I said, the next five games, I, I really believe when we talk in a week, um, I think we'll have a better feel for where the Jazz are uh, with the schedule that's, that lies ahead. You mentioned this schedule over the next number of games being difficult. What do you make of the uh, this when the schedule uh, is such that you play one team 
uh, at home, and then like uh, a few days later, you play that team again on the road. Uh, is that just a scheduling anomaly, or do you like it because you can measure progress? Or what, do you, what do you think? Well, I don't particularly like it, but um, you know, there's a couple of instances this year, and last year was the same way. I think we played Minnesota and got on a plane and went to Minnesota. This week, uh, you know, you got the Clippers take off the next day and go to Sacramento, who we just saw uh, last Saturday, and then play the Clippers again. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating because I like to see some other teams, but for the Jazz right now, if they're going to tackle the Clippers, this probably is the best time without a Paul George in the lineup. So in a way, maybe it's a it's a blessing the way that uh, the schedule did come out that you get two uh, two swipes at the Clippers uh, where they're down a man, uh, and that does that does come into play. Uh, then you got Philly, Milwaukee. You're at Golden State. You know the thing too, Gordon Jake. The thing about the schedule this year is just a polar opposite of what happened last year when the Jazz were on the road. You know, for what 23 or so games prior to Christmas, and there were just bunches of games, four and five game road trips. What you're looking here is a lot of ones and twos. Uh, you go out, you come back. You go out, you come back. And so I, I don't know which bodes the best. A lot of players will tell you they like it. Other players will say, look, I'd rather hit the road and get four games in and come back. Um, but this year's schedule really doesn't attack the Jazz in long, long road trips. And, again, that may be by design, but for the Jazz this year, the first long road trip doesn't happen until the week of Thanksgiving. And it gives the Jazz a chance to continue to work together and jump on the road and get a taste of it and then come back and play some tough games at home, too. All right, Bowler, before we let you go, I've got a would-you-rather for you, okay? Okay. Let's say you're uh, sitting in the outfield at uh, a World Series baseball game. Okay. You have two, one in each hand, very valuable, delicious beverages. Uh-huh. A home run is coming straight for you. Right. Do you drop to said beverages and try and catch the ball, or do you hang on to said beverages, take it off the chest, and then <laughs> pick it up off the ground? <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. I can almost just vision you doing that, Jake. Two, two-handed, two-handed with beverages, and then just take a hard shot to the chest, and you hit you so hard, you're, you're so well built that it just the ball goes dead right and just drops right in front of you you're taking it off the chest every time am i right yeah yeah i mean you, you know as I, a, I would say and so the what? thing is though jake you can't spill a drop though during the process <laughs> no absolutely not you know now if you want to sacrifice one and try to cup one with you know have the ball go in the cup that's a pretty cool move too as long as the ball goes into the bottom of the cup and you at least have a half of your favorite beverage beverage that survived. And, and as long as my wife understands the one I dropped was hers. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. All right. Exactly. Okay, there's another scenario here. Would you rather be in that scenario or not have the ball come to you at all? Oh, i got to have it come my way. Okay. Right? Don't you want to rise up and say, here it comes? What if it was your turn to go get said drinks and the ball landed in your very seat? Which happened <laughs> oh, to Austin. Oh, yeah. That's... Hey, why, why, why you were gone? Uh, we had a dinger come out here, and it fell right in your chair. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened to me, Bowler. Uh, Did it really? Yep, true story. Oh, man. Well, what's the lesson learned? Don't leave your seat. Can yeah, only never again. Austin. Only to Austin. Hey, can I, can I just do a shout-out quick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my dad, my uh, mentor and, and best friend and hero, birthday today. All oh, right. man. How, how, can you tell us how many years? Yeah, he's proud of it. He's a war horse. He's a Clydesdale. 87. 87. All right. 
and going strong. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, but uh, a little dinner tonight. Mom, Dad, they've been married, let me think, um, going on 69 years. And they met when they were 12. Wow. 69 years. That's amazing. Have you, have you ever met uh, the lieutenant? I have not. I, I, have not had the, I have not had the pleasure. He is uh, Bowler. I, I would describe him this way. Uh, automatic respect. Very kind. Very kind. He was a tough nut when I was uh, a young man, and he's mellowed some. But, yeah, a little drill sergeant uh, during the Korea. Never served overseas, but uh, he drilled thousands of soldiers. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy when I when – I, I'm not laughing because I just think of my dad out there throwing grenades uh, and hand-to-hand combat and, um, uh, and bazooka training. I mean, that's what he did. And it's uh, it's amazing when he you know he doesn't talk much and a lot of veterans don't they don't talk much about those days but he he's opened up a little bit as he gets older but uh, he was on call he was on uh, uh, he'd gotten orders three times to go to Korea but each time the war escalated and he was held back to com- continue to to prepare uh, soldiers to go overseas so uh, I salute him and uh, eighty seven I mean he's won the lottery so uh, I couldn't be uh, more proud and happy for him. Happy birthday, Mr. Bowler. Happy and of course, birthday. your mom, Bowler, is the perfect counterpoint, right? Oh, perfect. I mean, she's the comedian a lot of times, and my dad just sits back and shakes his head most of the time. Well, Bowler, enjoy your dinner tonight, and, and please, seriously, pass along our best. That, uh, I'll do it. It should be a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank right. you, Bowler. Craig Bowler Jack, television voice of the Utah Jazz, and yep, a happy 87th to Mr. Bowler Jack. Pretty cool. I've had the pleasure of uh, talking with him, and he is a terrific man. Terrific. Well, just like uh, Bowler is a must be a chip off the old block because uh, Bowler is the best. We appreciate him coming on. Yep. All right, uh, join uh, Hanson Scotty coming up Friday, November first, from noon to three at Murdoch Hyundai, thirty-one thirty-one Main Street in. Logan. You rolling up to Logan this weekend, by the way, Gordo? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Or are you going to Seattle? No, I'm not doing that. Or are you staying here and hanging out with the Jazz? Although they don't have a game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten my marching order. Guess yet. who's going to Logan? Maybe. Our boy, Gordon. Maybe. You Any check? handsome cab rides up it's there? Such, it's such a late game. It's kind of... So. You know, you could... You could Park down uh, far away from the stadium. Flag down a handsome cab. Expense it. Expense it. There was no lie about it. There was no horse. Calling PK during the break. I swear, there was no horse involved. Hey, (laughs) giddy up. No. All right. Hey, jockey. I swear to you. Stay tuned. I swear. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up next, we'll uh, let you hear Rudy Gobert from practice and uh, want to get Gordon's reaction to what's going on with the Jazz as well. If I mentioned how much I hate you guys. <laughs> Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big 
Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Nominate someone you love for a free carpet cleaning online. ZeroResSaltLake.com. If you're ready for a cleaning yourself, schedule today and pay just $33 per room. Minimum supply online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. We also want to remind you, uh, if you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone Listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and much more. Visit Restore.com for more details. Is it details or details? Either way. What do you prefer? I say details. Okay. Uh, Gordon, you want to hear a little bit from Rudy from practice today? Sure, yeah. thought uh, Rudy, as usual, was was quite good. I asked him a question about not getting as many lobs so far in this yeah. early season, which uh, I, I thought he got, gave a, an interesting answer to. Uh, so here's what uh, Rudy had to say at practice today. Well, Rudy, you guys have started off pretty well defensively. After a preseason that made it look like that might be a worry, what kind of change? Uh, season started. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> No, we really, uh, I mean, that's not precision, but we're really the team we wasn't who we were. You know, we we defensive my team, and uh, every, everyone takes a lot of pride in that. And, uh, you know, we after the last preseason game, we had a, a week to, to get ourselves together, to, to put some work in, to watch film, you know, and uh, I feel like we really, you know, get our minds right. And, you know, it's only four games in, but we want to, you know, we still have room to grow defensively, but the goal is to, you know, to be the best defensive team in the league. Last night, uh, 11 or 12 from the free throw line. I, I would imagine you're pretty proud of yourself. What have you been doing to kind of concentrate and get so much better at being able to make those free throws, and particularly in clutch situations? Just being confident, you know, take my time, shoot the ball. Uh, I make them every day in practice, so, you know, uh, I have the touch, you know, so it's just about taking my time and knocking it down. Rudy, are teams playing your role a little bit differently this year, your role to the rim? It seems like you, you got a good one last night, but it hasn't been quite as frequent. Are they playing you differently? Uh, I feel like teams are more shifting in. You know, guys are rooting for me, taking charges. Um, but at the same time, it opens up the three-point line, you know, so we got a lot of shooters in the corners. So it's on us to make the right play and, uh, you know, make them make tough decisions. The uh, offensive side of the ball, you guys are having a lot of success shooting it. You're like in the top third of the league in most of the shooting percentages, but near the bottom in terms of turnovers. Is there what can what can be done to kind of uh, fix that issue? Well, I think we got to be more connected. Um, also, I think we need to top there with the ball, you know, be a little more mindful of what's around us, and uh, you know, I think. Uh, if we do that, uh, our defense is going to be even better, and, uh, and our offense, you know, we, we know how to find the open shots and how to, to make the right play. So it's, once we do that, we're going to be a very good team. You're playing a, a Clippers team tomorrow that, without Paul George, has been one of the better shooting and scoring teams in the league. What have you seen that's made them kind of so effective in doing that? What kind of challenges does that pose for the defense? Uh, they're a very good team, you know, on both ends, uh, defensively and, and offensively. And obviously, there's, there's Kawhi and, and, uh, and all these guys around him. But, uh, you know, it's, it's on us to do what we've been doing, to execute the game plan, and, uh, and, uh, and hopefully we can uh, keep them under the under 100 points that we're doing. You guys are doing the fight for the fight night tomorrow. Um, what's been special about being part of that campaign? Uh, it's been great to be able to 
to, to impact some people's life outside of basketball. You know, we we have a great platform and uh, you know, being able to use it for for the good and for, for changing lives, it's really what's, what matters the most. Rudy, question from Australia. You've had some experience, I guess, playing against the Boomers, but you've also got a couple of Aussies on your roster here. Can you tell us a bit about what it's like to have Australians in the locker room and what sort of personalities they are around a, an NBA team? I mean, I don't know about other Australians, but the one we have, <laughs> you know, annoying. <laughs> but no, no, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun, you know, to, I mean, uh, First of all, the the competitors, you know, they, they they really love to win, and uh, and it translates to the team. You know, we really feel like you know, uh, with Joe or, or Dante, those those are two I really know. You know, uh, they come in every day to to get better and with the with the mindset of uh, of winning. And when you have that in the locker room, you know, it really I think it takes your team to to the next level. And how much better was there post World Cup for you to you three to to talk it up after the World Cup in China? I mean, I tried not to talk about it too much. I know it was probably hard, especially for Joe. Uh, <laughs> he was giving it to you a bit during that first game. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. But, you, know, you know how karma works, right? <laughs> uh, but now, you know, it's. I mean, finishing fourth is really, I think, the the toughest thing in any competition. You know, you're so close to get a medal and yeah. you finish fourth. So, you know, I just try to. If he talks to me, I'm going to talk back. But you know, we didn't talk about it much. Thank you. Oh, last thing, on, um, on the last call, did you uh, pay attention to how they, they never went back and reviewed the call to see how much time was left on the clock? There was only 0.04 or 0.4 left on the clock rather than like a second. Do you think uh, you might have caught a break, that uh, Jazz might have caught a break on that one? I don't know. That's not my job to do that. <laughs> my job is to, to play. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, 10 people on the scoreboard and three officials. That's not my job to do that. Thanks, that was Rudy Gobert from practice today. Want to remind you also purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as 37 bucks per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Uh, Rudy uh, addressed a number of different things, including how obnoxious the Australians on the team are. Yeah, right? I mean, that's obvious to everyone. <laughs> but, uh, Jake, I liked your question. Uh, what's going on with the role? And I like this answer that if you're going to sacrifice, if you're going to stop Rudy rolling to the hoop that way, then you got to uh, bring another asset and that's leaving somebody open. Yep. And that makes that decision that much more important for whoever would be lobbing it to, to, to Rudy, getting it to the right guy. All four teams, and to a lesser extent the Lakers, but all four teams they've played so far have sagged the big on Rudy. Especially the um, the Kings did it a ton. Oklahoma City did it a lot. They they dropped Stephen Adams pretty much on all the pick and rolls with Rudy, and Rudy. I mean, he might not if if this continues. He might not break the dunk record yes. this year, but. Boyan Bogdanovich is going to have more 29-point games <laughs> yes. as a result. And it was against Sacramento, Gordon, um, that uh, and I can't remember who got this stat, maybe it was Locke, that Bogdanovich had 13 uncontested shots. Wow. A guy who's that good at shooting mm-hmm. the ball should never, and let me repeat, never have 13 uncontested shots. That's ridiculous. So but then, what it is is a lot of, reaction to Rudy. Yes, and in a lot of cases, which would you rather have? Boyan Bogdanovich taking a three-pointer? And taking your risk with it, 
or allowing Rudy to roll and dunk the ball. Well, the Jazz would rather have the dunk because you'd always rather have the dunk. But maybe that's why teams are adjusting to take away the dunk. But the Jazz are now equipped to make them pay. Hmm. Well, I mean, we'll keep an eye on that because different teams may approach it differently. And so on one night, Bogdanovich might be out there bombing away, scoring 30 points. And on another night, Rudy might go for 24. Right. On all dunks. Yeah. Essentially. That's a tough decision for any defensive coach. Well, it is. And I think we'll see more of, of teams trying to take Rudy away. I really do. It's interesting to me how some of the newcomers to the Jazz have been giving the ball to Rudy in positions where he is not suited to do much with it. See, that's just learning who you're playing with. Don't throw a bounce pass to Rudy. Bogdanovich did it last night. He threw that one pass to Rudy, and Rudy is not a back-to-the-basket player with some sort of low-post move when he's seven feet, eight feet from the basket. And I've seen Rudy's been put in that position – a number of times thus far this year. You see that one drive he had last night? That's not Rudy's game. Oh, I love the Rudy Euro step. Don't you dare criticize that. <laughs> I'm not criticizing Love the anything, Rudy Euro step. But it didn't work out on this particular play that it I'm It went to the about. line. Well, it's it, – uh, let me put it this way. In a must-score possession, that's not the play you want to see. Balderdash. Rudy was 11 of 12 from the line last night. Give me a play oh, that said norm, Rudy, right? sends Rudy the and line. That, and you're going to count on that? I I hope, and I don't. I almost said bet you, but I don't know if I'm prepared to go that far. But I really hope this year is the year that Rudy's over 70%. How great would that be for that guy? What was he last year, 64, 62? Uh, let me double check. But he's up from you know his rookie year or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he was down in the 40s. I mean, he's put so much work into it. I would uh, I would just love to see Rudy sneak over that par- uh, that part. Let's see. Last year, free throw percentage for Rudy sixty three point six. All right. Well, I, it'll be. I'm telling you right now, Jazz fans, I, you might be a little uh, cautious about what you're seeing offensively from the Jazz, but I'm telling you, when this thing all comes together and those cylinders are all hidden. This is going to be a fun offense to watch. And I know that Bogdanovich isn't always going to shoot as efficiently as he did last night. They're going to be off nights for certain players. But when Joe Ingles remembers that he's supposed to shoot the three, and when Bogdanovich is hitting his shot, and percentage-wise, that's a fairly good bet. And when Rudy Gobert is rolling to the basket, and Mike Conley can hit some jumpers or some floaters, uh then Donovan Mitchell does what he does, but it could be something special to watch. All right, it is the big show. We'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Listen tomorrow on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Salt Lake City Stars. Get into the action by grabbing your SLC Stars tickets today. Experience the excitement and community of Salt Lake City Stars basketball all season long. Tickets options include single game tickets, group uh, experiences, premium seating, and season ticket packages. Call 801-325-STAR and get your tickets today. We'll have more coming up next on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Broken-hearted. 
Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon, we've got a couple minutes here. Can I just run a story by you real quick yep. that we haven't talked about today? Mm-hmm. Do you see Ramona Shelburne's uh, little bit about uh, Kyrie Irving and how he's getting along with the old Nets these days? I did not see it. No. Uh, Ramona said this, uh, yet Irving's infamous mood swings confirmed by his ex-teammates, which followed him from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn, are the unspoken concerns that makes Nets officials queasy. When Irving lapses into these funks, he often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates. Nets team sources say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China, leaving everyone scratching their heads as to what per- uh, precipitated it uh, there's hope that Durant will be able to coax his friend into a better frame of mind but when presented with that scenario KD says he will be hands off alright Gordon I, I get it that uh, you know you start a new job or something like that like there's there's always a kind of a honeymoon period right where everybody's excited and pulling in the same direction it's new it's fun it's whatever but how bad of a sign of it is if your honeymoon period lasts three games we're three games into the NBA season, and the Nets are already like, wow, this psycho is really, really concerning us. Well, I, I would try to figure out what his problem is, and if it, if it, if you can fix it, you can fix it, if, 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 if that's the appropriate term. If you can't, then, then this is – basketball is a team sport – and I'm, I've never been of the opinion that you got to have all your players be best friends and they're sitting around, you know, eating dinner together and doing the buddy-buddy thing. Certainly nothing wrong with that if you can achieve it. But this, this is semi-destructive. Uh, that, that's, it's a team game. You can't treat your teammates or your coaches with disrespect. Hmm. Well, I I just don't think that's a good sign for the Nets, who are one and two. And even though Kyrie's put putting up blistering numbers, they yeah. still haven't necessarily won. And I wonder if this is going to be one of those uh, like reverse Washington Nationals things, like like with the Nationals, you take Bryce Harper, the prima donna, off the team, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're in the World Series. By the way, your guys are are gonna lose this. We don't thing. need to talk about that. Uh, well, uh, kind of important. It uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna. Lose I'm in this the middle thing. of, of, of oh, a sorry. point. Don't interrupt it with my team uh, going to uh, probably lose tonight. Let's not talk about that because your 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 ace can't get it done in the postseason, but, man. But uh, the Nets last year that made the playoffs were a plucky bunch of overachievers, you know. Throw in a prima donna on that team, and I would laugh if they missed the playoffs. A hearty chuckle. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. You would not? No. Especially I... in the East. Yeah. It's... Where the, the Hunter 13th Ward would make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just team sports are team freaking sports, and I understand that stars are important, and there's a place for that, uh, for for them to be a little eccentric at times, but not to the point of eroding your team. You can't, you cannot have that. And uh, then people might argue back and say, "Wait, Michael Jordan was an easiest guy to get along with, and all that." Yeah, but when he was on the floor, he, he was he was gonna he was gonna do the right thing. Well, and he's the best that's ever done it. I don't think Kyrie Irving's that. But can you imagine if we were seeing reports coming from Ramona Shelburne from jazz sources, like Mike Conley's erratic behavior as the team concerned, 
four games into the season. Can you imagine the quite the opposite? Oh, totally. And, but and, I, I'm just right, saying, I picture know. that. Yeah. But uh, this is why. Uh, if uh, I do, you believe that if a guy, if a great, play, if a terrific player, a great player, with that kind of attitude was available to the Jazz and they could get him, that they would secure him. I guess it depends on uh, at what cost. I mean, he is a, a great talent, and all all teams think like, "Oh, we'll just get him under our umbrella, and he'll be all right." Right? I mean, everybody I, thinks that yeah. way. So I don't know, but I don't know if that's I don't know if that's worth it. Diminishing returns, man. Well, right. I mean, he he's submarined what should have been an NBA Finals team last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be yeah. a red flag for you. Yeah, just like you said. So I I hate to hear that kind of thing because it's so unnecessary. Why do you hate to hear? It's kind of funny. Well, I mean, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad he's making like $50 million a year. I understand that. I understand that part of it. But it makes you wonder, okay, what's causing this? Can we page Dr. Freud? Can we, can we, can we solve it? Can it be addressed? Uh, is whatever is causing that, that difficulty on the inside be rooted out? Or healed. All right, we'll have more big show coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon, it has been good to have you back, my friend. We're so glad that you are feeling better. Good to be back, believe me. And I'd like to thank you again and Austin and PK and Hans and DJ for filling in. Good to be back, and it was fun doing the show today. The only thing I didn't like about the show today was all this horse manure you were spreading around about my handsome cab ride don't blame us blame dj and pk who saw you get out of a handsome cab they, and then try to expense no, it they may have said that's what they saw but that's not what they saw what they saw was me getting out of a uh <laughs> getting getting off the back of a of a uh you call it a rickshaw i don't know if that's what it's called. like the bike taxi yeah yeah that's what it was. A bike. Yeah. Is that I better? Don't, I don't think that uh, I don't think PK would misunderstand some <laughs> hipster biker <laughs> for a horse. That trigger wasn't pulling the the, the wagon. Uh-huh. No. I owe silver. That's away. Not, that's not what happened. There was no hay involved. There was no rose petals involved. There was no romantic music involved. There was none of that. Mm-hmm. I was just lost. In a in a city that I didn't know where I was, and I saw it came across Buttercup, I, and, <laughs> and decided to get a but, hey you know, Buttercup, clop me on over to the Pepsi Center, will you? This is how history is written, man. It's what's remembered that now, is the truth, I, yeah, and yeah, what's yeah. remembered is you took it's, a horse carriage. It's, it's more true that I saw a stray horse and jumped aboard it and rode it on over, <laughs> because it did not happen that way. I'm going to trust PK here. <laughs> no, PK never said that. I don't think they did. He said it to me. <laughs> it was not. It was a bike taxi. 
Thanks to everybody who came on the show today. Swear. Christian Cox, Greg Buller, Jack. You can get all of our uh, material in podcast form. Go to your favorite podcast catcher, search out The Big Show, and uh, give us a download. You can even give us a subscribe. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Seriously, Gordon, it's great to see you, man. I'm glad you're feeling better. we get this sled over there a few blocks. Talk to you tomorrow. Giddy up. On The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.